0: Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. It is Gary on guns. I'm your host, Gary Nolan. Coming up in about uh, 35, about 30 minutes, actually, uh, at 835, Luis Valdez is going to be with us, national spokesperson and Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. He's going to come on board, talk about Biden's executive order uh, with guns, uh, but we've got much more to talk about in addition to that, uh, in including uh, a, a gentleman who in Wyoming... Wants to know if he has the right to make his own machine gun. He's taking it to the courts. Uh, We'll talk about red dot sights. This is uh, something a lot of people have. I don't have any on any of my firearms, uh, but but I can see the value in them. We'll kick all of this around and a whole bunch more with Larry Whalen from Modern Arms.
1: At the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary.
0: Good morning, sir. And Scott Van Kirk, uh, former law enforcement and a Second Amendment supporter and a firearms trainer and... He knows just about everything about guns. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I, too, am well. Uh, do either one of you guys uh, carry with a red dot sight on your
2: pistol? Occasionally. I have not made the leap.
1: That's because you're old.
2: I am <laughs> old, but I'm, I'm not as old as Gary where you show him a red dot sight and he goes, ooh, witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Larry. Larry. Larry is kind of a gunite,
1: uh, yeah. yeah,
0: opposed to a luddite. It yeah. was
1: not a. Uh, it was not a smooth transition for me sure. to to go to optics uh, on a handgun, and it takes um, probably takes people uh, normal people less repetitions than oh. I to uh, to get proficient with that. But it's as my eyes have aged, mm-hmm. and the the focal time that that takes for me to focus between my front sight and my target has elongated mm-hmm. with a red dot mounted on the pistol i'm able to keep my focus on the threat distance target distance and present that that sighting solution between me and the target and get really fast accurate shots mm-hmm. i like it i'm not carrying optics today but oftentimes i do
0: interesting i i don't although i probably uh, would like i, I really would I think I'll give it a try. I'll, I'll see if I can get one mounted on uh, one of my concealed carry firearms. But over at Gun Rights activists, they looked at uh, the best red dot sights uh, for pistols. And uh, they came up with number one is the Trijicon RMR Type 2. They say it's the gold standard of pistol-mounted micro red dots. Pricey, they said, but super rugged and with extra features that aren't found on others. Uh have you have you got a Trijicon RMR? I,
1: I do run the RMR. <laughs> um I'm also a fan of um a product from HoloSun. They've got a fully right. enclosed um site that it's not the brand recognition or or price tag of the Trijicon. Uh, world class product, I love the Trijicon, but I like some of the reticle options I'm seeing on other other brands. The HoloSun has a circle dot reticle. So similar to an eotech site where we 've got a larger circle that 's illuminated as well as a fine aiming dot in the middle of that much faster target acquisition than I am with just my simple dot that i uh, dot, dot reticle that I have on my uh, trigicon r m r both good sites um i I think um Trigicon is like you say the gold standard they were one of the first and Probably the most robust housing of any of them. They use a forged aluminum housing. Um, literally, you can rack your slide with the the optic and not do any damage to it.
2: Well, one of one of there's a couple of reasons why I haven't really even dipped my toe into the the uh, um, red dot for handgun. Uh, Uh, possibilities is, one, there are so many options out there, I don't know where to start. And for me, the other option is I still carry a duty weapon as part of my job Yeah, that is...
1: That's just iron sight. Iron sight. And I don't
2: have the option to run a red dot on it, so I try to stay with... Consistency in the... the, Right, because it's... You know, they're paying me to carry that one. Well, so right. gotta- <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense if, if, you if
1: your repetitions are with right. one platform, one right. siding system, not yeah. switching that up right. for a carry gun. But, uh, uh, but
2: I'm interested enough that I think I, I will probably hit Larry up at some point and borrow one of his Red Dot guns for a couple well, of days and play we, with it. If, if you, you decide like to that,
0: buy yeah. one from Larry, I just want you to know uh, that this particular one, uh, the, this uh, Trigicon RMR, uh, is it's not inexpensive. It's like $469 uh, retail. It, it, yeah. And then when he adds the Van Kirk... It'll
2: right, uh, about $600, yeah. yeah I'll, uh, just, I'll just have a red dot and I won't have a gun to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, I, maybe I can get a piece of wood that I can mount it on. Mount it on shape, for, to practice. Yeah, and just keep doing that. We, we
1: did actually mount one on our heat gun at the store just uh, <laughs> screwing around one day. We put a piece of Picatinny rail on our little heat gun and sure. put an RMR on it because... You know, you got to know what improved you're accuracy. At yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sub MOA heat gun.
0: So they they uh, rate that as number one. Then there's the Holson HS57C. Um, it, it's uh, rated as the second best. It's a real contender. They say uh, that punched way outside its price point. Massive battery life, uh, RMR footprint, durability, and reasonable pricing. Uh, so they think that's pretty good. It's uh, three hundred and nine dollars uh they go through an entire list here but if you're uh if you're interested in uh you know putting one of these on your firearm i think it might be a real uh, a real advantage in a lot of cases when you're uh practicing with yours uh larry uh daylight nighttime doesn't make a difference
1: no interchangeable um you know they're uh, many of them are auto adjust for ambient light. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them have um, you know override settings. You can right. force them either brighter or, or darker. But most of them are auto adjust. Um, one of the things that I really like is always having co witness iron sights on the gun. So typically when I when I mount those red dots, I will go ahead and also mount taller iron sights, like
2: suppressor height.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. So that as I as I take that sight picture. Um, I'm, I'm, when I, when I draw the gun, I'm indexing for iron sights. Mm -hmm. And as I'm doing that, I'm looking for those iron sights, the red dot appears and I just go on following the red dot. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I've got so many repetitions of presenting the gun, looking for iron sights, looking for iron sights. I, I haven't converted to optics only. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot you know, it's certainly a viable option for some folks. Um, I'm just always got those co-witnessable taller iron sights on the gun, and the, and the battery-powered or, or um, you know, other, otherwise sourced uh, dot sight?
2: Well, I mean, what uh, interacting with the individuals that I do know in the training community who are heavy red dot users and things like that, I, and there's a couple of different theories in regards to the training. I mean, the one that I, I put the most credence in is that they're very similar to the the era of the laser, and that is you shoot the first sight you see, Right, as opposed to hunt the red dot. Yeah, play. Where's the red dot? Where's the red dot? Where's yeah. the red dot? Because that makes you slower than shooting the gun without sights.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so
2: I mean, you shoot the first sight you see, which is what we were teaching years ago when we had you know the proliferation of laser sights on handguns. If you see, if as you bring it up, if you see the laser sight, shoot the laser sight. If you don't see it, you should still be um, bringing the we- presenting the weapon to the the common level in front of the master eye. Yeah. Uh, Site alignment and, and shoot. Shoot the shoot first sight you see.
0: Um, most states, when they let you when you take the uh, your your training uh, or not your training, but your your test and and they have you fire uh, at the target to see if you can actually hit anything, they generally don't let you use those kinds of sights. They make you turn them off. Uh,
2: um, did- I that was not how we operated when I concealed carry it's a test of it's a test of your ability to perform basic marksmanship principles sighting systems or sighting systems so yeah I mean I
1: I didn't think there was anything statutorily that said you nothing, couldn't nothing have nothing that says okay. that you have to do that yeah because I mean sights to to aren't know. even required on the gun right You're not you, just yeah. you know they're more than
0: just Missouri <coughs> there are other states that, that uh, offer these uh, you know concealed carry permits and, hmm. and make you take the shooting test and in several of those states, they don't want you to use these things. They make you turn them off
2: before you take your test.
1: I can still pass that test. No problem.
2: Yeah, I can, yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. still well, pass and, that, too. You know, but, because it, but that's, uh, a, that's uh, an odd thing to put in statute. It is. I fail to see the relevance of
1: it. Well, lawmakers don't oftentimes know everything about what they're legislating <laughs> what? about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. find that hard uh, to believe. I, <laughs> blasphemy. No, seriously, they don't. They're, they're, they're not smarter than us. They're really not. Um, what surprised me about this
0: list at gunrightsactivist.org is that the, the bottom of their top ten list, the number ten, was the Crimson Trace CTS-1550. Still makes the top ten, but I always thought of Crimson Trace as, you know really good equipment
1: they they are in lasers in lasers yeah. they're they're down you know we're projecting a green or red beam on the target crimson trace is the world right. class for for that down yeah. down range laser for the micro red dot it's still a, a laser-based light uh, illumination but it's only shining on a lens yeah. inside the housing so right. the battery life is huge compared to having to generate enough energy to project that beam downrange, range. Um, Crimson Trace uh, micro red dots are good little viable options, but they're not the the world-class right. products that you've talked about earlier. It,
2: I mean, it's Crimson Trace has only been in the optic market for probably about three years. Yeah, pretty short distance. And they, and they, they came out, and I think they, I don't know where they might have been headed, but COVID kind of killed them off. Uh, they came out with a line of uh, rifle scopes. Mm-hmm. They came out with a line of red dots that you would mount on rifles. I have a couple of them. they seem to be fine, yeah, but i mean you 're talking about a uh in the rifle market uh some red dots that I think were i think retail on them was two fifty yeah and I think the two that I have I bought on clearance for like sixty nine bucks because they just weren 't selling they right. got They got hurt bad by covid Um, I haven't had a problem with their quality. I have not shot their rifle scopes, but I could see where they're so late to the market in optics, not lasers, but optics, that they they could be well behind everyone else.
0: And yet they're already uh, in the top ten list uh, of the best uh, red dot sights. One last question, and I have to go to Larry for this, and that is uh, concealed carry holster and the red dot sight. Uh, Are there a lot of conflicts for fit?
1: Um, It's becoming less and less of an issue. Most concealed carry holsters are relieved for red dots, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's rare to find one you find a conflict on, and if it's a Kydex holster, it's a pretty easy fix, even at the end user just to trim away that, uh, that offending um, Kydex mm-hmm. shield that might be encroaching sure. on the, the optics uh, oh. footprint.
2: And my answer to that is if you're using a proper, high-quality Kydex holster made by a handful of manufacturers. They
1: already accounted for it. They
2: already account for it. Every holster that they put out, you could run that gun with or without a red dot on it.
1: Columbia Police Department is in the process of transitioning to optics-mounted handguns, as I understand it. And they're going with the enclosed product, a hollow sun. I think it's their 509 series Mm -hmm. uh, enclosed. uh, I hear a lot of good things about hollow sun. It's, I
0: really do. have come a long ways. So if somebody wants uh, one of those sites for their firearm, do you, do you carry uh
1: We do. we got a variety of brands available, and i uh, happy to guide them through that uh, product selection and find the right one that's a good fit for them.
0: If you can find out where Modern Arms is... Oh,
1: the Brown Station location, yeah. Uh,
0: then you might want to stop yeah, by. swing on by. Yeah. Uh, coming up, we'll chat about the uh, feds. Uh, they said that this guy in Wyoming doesn't have a right to make his own M16. Uh, carrying a large firearm in the winter, easy. Concealed carry in the summer, maybe a little more challenging. We'll see if we can get some tips from the gun guys. Uh, and then, uh, we'll talk about, uh, President Biden's executive orders on guns. All coming up on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Luis Valdez is going to be on board, a national spokesperson, uh, and Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. Uh, he'll be on board to chat about Biden's executive order on, uh, guns. That He signed uh, during the week, and uh, we'll kind of uh, kick around some some of those details. That'll be uh, about 10 minutes from now, Uh, and uh, certainly uh, we'll get uh, input from Larry and Scott. Larry, of course, is uh, from Modern Arms. At
1: the Brown Station location.
0: And Scott, well, (laughs) I'm around. Lucifer's son, that's who he is. (laughs) Uh, No, he's here, uh, and uh, he is uh, really... uh, when it comes to training, one of the best that I know. Uh, so we'll get into that uh, a little bit uh, later on, about 10 minutes. In the meantime, uh, let's talk about, because the weather is beginning to change, concealed carry. Uh, I carry 1911. It's, you know, those things are about three pounds. Uh, they can be kind of bulky, but I'm a pretty big guy, and, and I can uh, pretty easily conceal that. Uh, and it's winter time that it's even easier for me. But what if you're, you know, the the warmer weather is coming, you're carrying something that's, you know, a, a concealed carry that's, you know, like a 1911 or a, a large nine, whatever. Got any tips, guys, uh, inside the waistband, outside? the Like in the wintertime, it's great for me to carry an outside the waistband if I leave my jacket or my coat open.
1: Yeah, it, it just comes down to holster selection. It that, really does. You know, you, you can, you can conceal carry comfortably. In athletic basketball shorts. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, a, f- a full-size Glock 19 or uh, right. Glock 17. There, uh, there there, there's are, all kinds of holster options. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to mm-hmm. getting over the, the, the head trash that I only want to spend $12 on a holster. You know, if, if you, uh, yeah, that, it, that's, you, know, that you just, you just got to commit. And I have
2: six guns and I want that one holster to fit all six guns. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: No, you just need, just need to buy good, buy, buy good blue. holsters. And buy, good,
2: and good holsters cost good money.
1: Yeah. You're going to spend, you know, yeah. hundreds of dollars or potentially on, right. the, yeah. you know, a number of them. What's, what's, what's uh, 125 bucks, 135 bucks for yeah. some of those products. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
2: if you go, and when you talk about concealing larger guns, I mean, you can pull up all kinds <laughs> Of um, if you ever buy any products directly from Filster mm-hmm. holsters, um, you become part of the Filster Owners Group on Facebook, and that's all we talk. That's all we talk about is concealment. And if you look at like, for instance, their Enigma system, there are plenty of guys way smaller than me, um, you know, little skinny dudes, sh- smaller skinny dudes, and stuff like that that are carrying Glock 19s with red dot optics and weapon mounted lights. Yeah in appendix carry and they're dressed in you know a regular pair of jeans and a tucked in shirt yeah you know so it it's it really comes down to the it really comes down to the holster
0: uh going back to our uh, site a uh, question I got a message from Kirk uh and you can send a message to me too you can either call 800-529-5572 or you can send a message to gary nolan go to garynolan.com and send me a message Hello, Gary. Where can you go locally, and this is uh, 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 from here in Columbia, I guess, uh, to have your slide milled and have a red dot installed?
1: That's a great question, and I wish I knew of a machine house that right. offered that service. What about MK um, Machine? I, d- I don't think it's in their current catalog okay. uh, of, of services. It could. It's worth. It's worth exploring that. Sure. Um, I haven't found a, a, a good source that can do the milling and refinish the gun. Um, there's a lot of, of national products, uh, national services that are available where you're going to uh, send them your firearm um, and they can mill, refinish, and even mount, you know, if, if you want. Yeah. Um, but I don't know of anything locally. If if yeah. folks are aware of one, let me know. I, yeah. I would love to send business their way um, because we're, at, we're fielding that request quite often. I just don't know of a local yeah. source.
2: A, a lot of the... The majors, like Glock mm-hmm. and some other, there's other already companies out there selling you a- aftermarket slides that have already had yeah. everything done to them. They're they're actually manufacturing slides to replace those. Um, but I, if you get off into the weeds on some guns that maybe don't sell quite as many, hundreds of right, thousands. Right, where a replacement every,
1: slide's not, not uh, really an option. An option yeah. yeah.
2: Well, uh, conversely, if you want to save some money... Uh, you just
0: give me the gun and a Dremel and, and I'll, you and
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> everybody with the Dremel tools, <laughs> a and gunsmith, right man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all it takes, boy. And I'll
0: get you I'll get you fixed up. Uh, once again, uh, coming up in about five minutes, Louis Valdez is going to be with us, national spokesperson, Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America. Uh, and he'll be on board to talk about uh, Biden's executive order. <laughs> uh, they just don't stop. They just don't stop. All right. So uh, get a good holster, uh, and uh, as the weather uh, changes, uh, you may want to you know you you want to go from an uh, an outside the waistband to an inside the waistband. Blouse your shirt, uh, all kinds of options out there. And if you're looking for a good holster, maybe stop by.
1: Modern Arms at the Brown Station location.
2: Uh, yeah, uh, we, we Scott, Is that uh, yeah yeah
1: we can help you there yeah we can help you there
2: Larry and I have had some. <laughs> Larry and I have had some conversations about potentially expanding his holster line a little bit into some things that um, he knows are really good and that I highly recommend. <laughs> um, and those con- those talks will continue because there's some things I'd like to s- like to slide into the store. And it has no financial benefit to me whatsoever. It's no, just a no, matter. no. No, it doesn't. It's a matter of me being able to say, people come up to me and say, hey, what holster should I get? And i will be like, this holster. And they're like, where can you get it? And I want to be able to say Modern Arms. A
1: brown Station Exactly. Location.
2: That's yeah. what I want to be able to do. All right. <laughs> Louis Valdez coming up
0: on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Scott Van Kirk is on board with us this morning. He's a uh, firearms trainer. He's a former law enforcement uh, Second Amendment supporter. He is uh, also uh, in studio with us is Larry Whalen from Modern Arms.
1: At the Brown Station location.
0: And on Tuesday, President Joe Biden announced an executive order uh, with the aim of, uh, quote unquote, increasing background checks and reducing gun violence. Uh, So uh, what we have uh, with us, in addition to those two guys in the studio, is Louis Valdez, National uh, Spokesperson and Florida State Director for Gun Owners of America, a group that I support and belong to, uh, to talk about those executive orders. Louis, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing very good, and thanks for having
3: me on the air. And
0: as a Floridian, I
3: just want to say I'm a little jealous that you guys have constitutional carry and open carry. We don't have either of that in Florida right now.
0: Well, you guys have been working it, don't you? Didn't they? Uh, they didn't pass uh, constitutional carry in Florida. Uh, we have a
3: permitless conceal carry only bill making its way through the legislature right now. It still hasn't passed, and open carry is still not part of it. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about Biden and his federal overreach, and the Biden administration has basically pulled a dictatorship. They bypass Congress. He has completely redefined what it is to engage in business, and is shoveling backdoor universal background checks on everyone.
0: Well, well, first, see what you don't realize, Lewis is he's he's fixed that gun show whole loophole. (laughs) You know, the one that doesn't exist that nobody can find.
1: Well, Lewis, is it right that it seems as though he wants everybody that's selling a gun to be a federally licensed firearms dealer? Is that part of what he's he's trying to do here? That's pretty much what he's trying to do. He's using the 1946
3: Administrative Procedures Act, which basically says that the executive branches that are tasked to enforce federal law get to interpret and regulate federal law. So he's having ATF redefine what qualifies as someone who would need an FFL to make a sale. And it used to be that if you were engaged in business, basically like, you look, if you were selling firearms regularly to create profit, to put a roof overhead, then you need an FFL. But he's basically telling ATF anyone that sells a firearm and generates any profit on it might require an FFL. Now I'm going to ask a very simple question: If you purchased a Colt python in 1988 for 400 bucks, and you sold it today, you'd make a profit on it, wouldn't you?
1: Yeah. Well, if they don't want to, they could sell it to me. I'd, I'd match their cost <laughs> to keep, to, you know, keep that from being a problem. But yeah, anybody that, that's owned a, a high quality firearm like that is going to see huge appreciation over time. And if you ever wanted to liquidate that, this executive order saying now I've, I've got to be a licensee to sell it. This is this is complete overreach as we're used to seeing out of this white house.
3: Yeah, and that's the danger of it is literally it's it's bypassing our entire judicial and legislative system. You know, we have three co-equal branches of government, the executive, the judiciary, and, and the legislature. And the entire system behind it is the executive enforces it, the legislature drafts and creates them and passes them, and the judiciary determines what the punishment, and even if they're constitutional. Well, Biden has basically said to the American people, F you, we're not going to go by that system anymore. I'm going to write an edict as if I was a dictator in communist Cuba or North Korea or Nazi Germany, and you're going to deal with it.
0: Um, How is this dissimilar from uh, Trump and the bump stocks?
3: It's not dissimilar, sadly, because Trump basically laid out a blueprint on how to do this.
1: Yeah, and that, that's the sad part of it. But our courts can still intervene and And put the, the judiciary the, the the legislative uh, i'm sorry the executive branch back in its box and say no you've overreached, you, you've overstepped your constitutional authority, you don't have the ability to create laws that's what the legislature's for and until our courts hold people accountable for such things, it, it goes unchecked. What can we do to to fight this? Well, right now, Gun Owners of America already has
3: a lawsuit in the works to fight this draconian, despotic piece of, of edict. I'm, I was was going to say legislate, but it's not even that. It's literally just edict. It's word of mouth. He's acting as if he's Pharaoh saying, I have said it, so it shall be done. But we're already fighting that. And a good way to do it is your listeners can join Gun Owners of America. It's real simple. It's just gunowners.org slash join, and it's 25 bucks a year. And I can tell you this. Look. I've spent more than $25 just going to Burger King to pick up dinner for myself, my wife, and my kids. So spending $25 a year is is a worthy cause for the Second Amendment. And every penny that goes to GOA, we spend it to fight the good fight, whether it's on the local level, the state level, or the federal level.
0: But yeah, uh, the biggest I, thing... I joined Gun Owners of America because you guys uh, don't seem to have any political correctness anywhere. Uh, you just go for the Second Amendment and support it. Uh, by the way, and this is an aside, we do this very quickly. Where do we stand on the bump stocks?
3: On the bump stocks right now, uh, you just had the Fifth District Court of Appeals rule that the bump stock ban was unconstitutional, so they're apparently legal in Texas, which means you're going to have a circuit split, so it could be going up to the Supreme Court again.
0: You know, and none of us is, a, I don't know about you, but of us three, none of us are really fans of bump stocks, but it was just the nose of the camel. Uh, That scared us. I
3: was, I was personally affected by it. I owned a bump stock here in Florida, and our previous governor Rick Scott banned them on the state level—a Republican, mind you—banned them on the state level before uh, the Trump administration did on a federal level. So for me, it, it hurt me personally because I was basically declared both by the state and the federal government if I continued to own a piece of property that I would be a convicted felon.
0: Well, it's a shame of that boating accident where uh, your bump stock fell into the ocean. Um,
3: yeah, too- yeah, you know, I, I was out um, fishing off uh, Key Biscayne. Well, you know, it just happened to be great date for uh, for <laughs> dolphin and, and, and marlin out there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then that's when you that's when you carry your AR with you. Louis Valdez with us, national spokesperson, Florida state director for Gun Owners of America, talking about Biden's executive order. Um, so you guys are challenging it. What does it mean for, uh, say, Larry at Modern Arms uh, at the Brown cha- Station location? Sorry. Yeah, does it change? Does it change anything there?
3: It doesn't. It doesn't. Especially if he's already an FFL holder. Um, what it will change is ATF has been very, very aggressive in going after anyone that has any clerical issues on their forty-four seventy threes, on their bound books, on their records, anything. Um, I just happen to know in Tallahassee, our state capital, a long time established FFL, um, Tallahassee Gun and Pond, they just had their FFL revoked because they had a clerical error. And the clerical error wasn't that they missed, that they mislabeled or, or mismanaged their gun inventory. It was literally that, you know, if someone put on the 4473 USA instead of the county they were born in, you know, they put the country they were born in, ATF is now saying, uh, oh, nope, that, that's mismanaged, and they yanked their FFL for that.
1: Are you kidding? Yeah, revocations are up over 500%. ATF has completely been weaponized to go and pull federal firearms licenses, uh, find something wrong, and pull the license. Because,
2: because, you know, obviously the government wants to make sure that firearms don't land in the hands of the wrong people so they'd like you to buy them from federal firearms licensed dealers but we want to eliminate we as many really of those ha- as
1: possible yep. we don't want to really have any federal <laughs> firearms dealers i think you're at the heart of it they don't want you to have guns right and and this is just you know that that uh, continued erosion of our rights and you know to see a a, a department of, of the government that that actually, you know, in the years past, they were a, a, ATF was a great partner. You know, you, you'd call them with questions, you'd you'd, you'd ask things. You know, because you're you trying to do, conduct business properly, and now I I send my questions through an attorney um, that I pay to to because I'm afraid I'm not going to get good advice from ATF. It's certainly not consistent. Mm-hmm. If I get an answer, I I can't conduct business under that answer uh, under that assumption because their rules are dynamic and what one um IOI inspector says is is proper mm-hmm. the next IOI inspector might not find that same action proper so it has become a real pitfall for federal farms licensees to maintain their licenses
3: oh, yeah. very much so and and, ATF, and you hit mail ATF has been weaponized look at how they have redone the 4473 you have on the federal level a law that says that The federal government cannot have a searchable database of registered gun owners. Yet, the 4473 has now been designed that where all the relevant information for the purchaser and the firearms information is on one page. Mm -hmm. It's now an optical, uh, scan-ready PDF-type format. And the electronic database that ATF is using to digitize all of their paper records, it literally just has an administrative function turned off to turn into a uh, searchable database. All it is, is you just need one IT guy to go in there with the password and, and flick the digital switch that says, oh yeah, this is now a searchable query. Yeah. Instead of just, you know, you have to go through it manually. But that, that's how bad this is getting. The, the danger is, is uh, as I've always stated, it's not the fact that the government needs to track guns, it's that the government wants to track gun owners.
0: That's interesting. Um, One last thing, and then i got to go to break. And if you just turn the radio on, Gun Owners of America, Luis Valdez is with us. Uh, The uh, homemade firearms, uh, apparently the uh, federal judge has expanded uh, their block on Biden's ghost gun rules.
3: Yeah, yeah. Last I heard, um you, you had another federal judge that basically told the Biden administration, um, no, making guns is a, is a time-honored American tradition protected by text, history, and tradition of the Bruin decision. And it's true. I mean, look, you, you go back to American history. You had Americans literally crafting the very firearms in their homes that they used to overthrow the yoke of British oppression from the crown. So, yeah, that is something that is firmly deeply entrenched in the american legal system as one of our inalienable god-given rights
0: well in the next segment of the program uh, the guys and i are going to be talking about a guy in wyoming who wants to make his own machine gun uh in the meantime lewis valdez uh, gun owners of america uh what is it goa.org what what is the website gun uh, owners.org gun keep fighting the good fight brother thank you very much for being with us Thank you for having me, gentlemen. Keep on fighting the good fight yourself. All right. Coming up, feds say this Wyoming man has no right to make his own machine gun. Jerry Ungun. Good morning. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we've got uh, Scott Van Kirk in studio along with uh, Modern Arms and Larry Wayland. Brown Station, Station location. Yeah, I tried to get around that, but there is no no, no beating no. that. No, we're just no, do no. That. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about the Nix law. And uh, another friend of the program who uh, sometimes co-hosts with us uh, on uh, Off Weeks sent me a message. He said, in fiscal 2017, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives referred 12,700 denied purchases to its field divisions for investigation. As of June 2018,
2: the U.S. Attorney's Office has prosecuted 12. Well, out of out of twelve thousand, the twelve they prosecuted were probably the sum total of the actual justified denials. Remember the <laughs> high the high inaccuracy rate for denials due to names sounding the same or close spellings or um, just poor record keeping. So, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, how is this new law going to do anything at all? Good lord. Um,
0: that's the uh, message from Tim. Hi Gary, thanks for having Joe uh, on. The, uh, what Joe? <laughs> okay, that's uh, somebody who's joining GOA, I think. Okay, glad to have. Uh, uh, is many people support the NRA and the GOA both uh, because they both uh, they both do great work, uh, and uh, I've, I've I've supported both uh, for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, as, yeah, as as have I. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a member of both. I'll I'll continue to support the nra and um, i will look for those um other groups that are in my opinion more aggressive more focused um, more focused yeah. more yeah. focused and, um, and it's okay to join multiples yeah but
2: when <laughs> goa says they're spending the money where it needs to be spent they, they are yeah yeah they're not sending me a stupid hat when i renew my membership or something <laughs> else, <but>. <laughs> <laughs> i get the knife yeah yeah uh, oh, yeah. yeah i, yeah. Need and and I got back, and, and I got the flashlight. flashlight and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody's paying for that. Oh, wait, I am.
1: Yeah. No, spend, <laughs> it, spend it on
2: legislative Spend actions. it on what we want to spend it on. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of the NRA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, is that who we were talking about? <laughs>
0: uh, they do do good work and they do have a lot of influence, and I do support both organizations. Yes. Uh, Midmo Friends uh, NRA, their 31st anniversary banquet, April 1st. Uh, if you're in Central Missouri, uh, you might want to uh, you might want to uh, buy a, a, a seat at the table. They always
2: have some fun things going on sure. at those banquets. So yeah, great, yeah, and they're they're fun. I read an uh, an opinion piece or an article somewhere some time ago, and I so I got a lot of facts related to it. I don't can't remember who wrote it. I don't know when it was or anything else like that. Fact but check I'm, him on it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, mean, I had a lot of facts to talk about, but it was written by someone uh, that was comparing like the GOA. To, and the NRA and and other organizations like GOA, because isn't there the Firearms Policy mm-hmm. Coalition, coalition yep. and things like that? And they said we need the NRA because the NRA is the great bugaboo to the to the mainstream press and yes. everything like that. And they're going to continue to. To hammer on the NRA, and while the NRA is out getting hammered and taking those punches, we're able to actually do the yes. work that needs to be done over here. Absolutely,
1: they they yeah. they are a symbiotic um, yeah. relationship by all means, and that's why joining multiples makes great sense. Yeah. Support did, those yeah. those pro gun organizations.
0: Yeah. Did Larry say symbiotic before? He did. He's at a this hour of the morning. Oh yeah. my, yeah.
2: Larry oh, is on. on. Larry's on it today. Ooh, he has yeah. some of the best radio I have heard in a very long time, and it's all because of Larry Whalen. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. Uh,
1: You've got low standards. Thanks, Scott. (laughs) All right.
0: So there is a guy in Wyoming who wants to make his own machine gun.
1: That sounds fun. He sued
0: the federal government for the right to build his own machine gun. The federal government Monday said the Second Amendment doesn't allow citizens to own machine guns. So I got a question. I'm going to kick this off with Larry. Uh, Prior to 1968... If you bought a license could you not buy a, a new machine gun
2: prior to 80.
1: 1934 you could before 1934 you could buy a machine gun but then you didn't need
0: a license no you could you could have it ordered and shipped to your house yeah yeah, yeah you didn't have to have an FFL right no uh, but they continued to to sell them uh, and make make them in the, and sell them in the United States didn't they until 1968 1986. Uh, or is, was 80, it 86?
1: 80, 86 is when the, the cap, the Hughes Amendment capped the civilian transferable machine guns. Right. Uh, oh, there you go. Uh, those that were transferred with a, a $200 transfer tax. And those are still transferable. Those, those, those guns cam- that were made before May of 86. You can still buy a transferable machine gun paying the transfer tax and going through the, the federal paperwork. And right now approval times are as much as 9 to 12 months. Um, but because that, arbitrary cap on an unlimited demand, the prices have gone through the roof.
0: Yeah, Um, so the supply is limited, but the demand continues to grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, the federal government told this guy he couldn't do that. Federal government said in their uh, Monday filing that the courts have consistently ruled that the Second Amendment protects weapons in, quote, common use, but doesn't protect, quote, dangerous and unusual weapons. And my question is, if the federal government says... Since 1986, you can't make and sell an automatic weapon. Have they not made it an uncommon use?
1: I mean yeah, they, by, by, by their laws they have made it they've right. kept it from being in common use right. absolutely yeah. because so of, no, of nothing, other, nothing, other rules we made you right. can't you know use yeah. that against us yeah. nothing
2: nothing about their utilitarian value um no outs- no um free market forces have have turned them into something that is in uncommon use literally the federal government turned them into that definition
0: yeah so it would be like saying Uh, The government has regulated uh, the color of cars. They all have to be red. And then when you go to buy a car, they tell you you can't own a red car because it's not in common use. Correct. Yeah. No, I did that wrong. But you get the idea. Right. I said it wrong, but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, You can't own a red car. We
2: make some some intellectual leaps with you on occasion. Yeah, and I appreciate that. (laughs) Especially, guys. Especially, uh, Scott, (laughs)
0: with your limited IQ. It's... (laughs) Really amazing that you can do that. All right, uh, show and tell coming up. Gary Ann guns, and I'm trying to fix that analogy during the break on the Zimmer Radio Network.